0: As we turn to our scripture lesson, we'll be looking at uh, the book of 1 Chronicles, a uh, rather obscure little passage, 1 uh, Chronicles chapter 26, verses 26 to 28. But before we go to God's word, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the chance to gather together and worship wherever we may be. We ask as we turn to your word now that you might be here with us, that you might inspire our our minds, and our hearts so that we might come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be through these, your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Chronicles 26, verses 26 to 28. Listen to the word of God. This Shalometh and his brothers were in charge of all the treasuries of the dedicated gifts that King David and the heads of families and the officers of the thousands and the hundreds and the commanders of the army had dedicated. From booty won in battles, they dedicated gifts for the maintenance of the house of the Lord. Also, all that Samuel, the seer, and Saul, son of Kish, and Abner, son of Ner, and Joab, son of Zeruiah, had dedicated, all dedicated gifts were in the care of Shalomoth and his brothers. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we have just heard your word, we ask that you would help its sounds to find their way into our lives. We ask that you would help us to hear, to understand, and to come to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shalometh is not one of the Bible all-stars. If you were curious, um, if if we had Bible trading cards, uh, we, we would not put Shalometh on one of them. Right, see so Shalomoth is just, he's not at the top of the class. Um, this is this is a, to say this is a minor character is an overstatement. In fact, Shalomoth is such a minor character in scripture, we don't even know how to spell his name. If you look at different translations of the Bible, they spell the name differently. We don't even know how this name is spelled. That's how insignificant this character is in the grand scheme of things, or at least how insignificant he appears. And so I was, I was really shocked um, earlier this week. I got my hands on a collection of Bible illustrations from a little over a hundred years ago. Those of you who know me know how exciting that was for me. But so I was flipping through these, these Bible illustrations. And wouldn't you know it, uh, I found one of Jesus. And another one of Jesus. And another one of Jesus. Right? And so I flipped through all the Jesus illustrations. And I got to Daniel. And to Noah, and I skipped through Daniel, Noah, get to Peter, and Paul, and Shalometh. And I was kind of taken aback because, I mean, you you expect Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus in these pictures. You expect Daniel, you expect Noah. But Shalometh was not on the top of my list. And so I I was fascinated that this artist had chosen, among the top, top pictures to illustrate from the scripture, this artist had chosen Shalometh. So I went back and I, I read this passage over and over. And the more I read it, the more I began to understand why someone might choose to depict Shalometh in a work of art. The more I began to understand how important this character is, the more I understood how much Shalometh has in common, not, not with David or Noah. I, I, I learned how much Shalometh has in common not with Peter or Paul. I learned how much Shalomoth has in common, not with kings or princes or prophets. I learned how much Shalomoth has in common with me and with you. This is a person who has a job and a family. This is a person whose life is not chronicled for future generations to read about. This is an ordinary person who works and who takes care of loved ones. This is a person like like us, And so as I read this passage, I was struck by, by the world in which Shalomoth was living. So you see, the, the, the place where this passage appears is, is a kind of significant moment in the history of Scripture and in the history of the nation of Israel. Um, we're getting towards the end of 1 Chronicles. Within just a few short chapters, David, the king, will die. And at the very beginning of the next book, Solomon will take the throne. So we find ourselves uh, in this chapter, in these verses, in the middle of great transition. This is a time of transition. It's a time of change. Everything around the people is, is uncertain. And as they look ahead to the future, there is no guarantee that the days ahead will be as good as the days behind them. There's no guarantee that the days ahead of them will be better than the days behind them. In fact, people like Shalomoth must have been terrified that the days ahead of them would be a lot worse than the days behind them. The future is uncertain. The future is, is unsteady. The future is insecure. And as they look ahead, they are terrified at the possibilities. Because they've been through so much change. They've been through so many transitions. As as they transitioned from David to Solomon, it was just a little while ago they transitioned from Saul to David. And just a little bit before that, they transitioned from Samuel to Saul. They went from a judge to a king. And as they look back through their history, they can see in each of those moments that they were blessed. And when they look back to to just a few decades before, they all know the story of David when he was a shepherd boy slaying the giant. They knew that that God was blessing them in that moment, but that moment feels very far away. And right now, in the midst of the transition, they feel far from blessed. And it was just a few decades before that that Saul uh, marched into town searching for, for his family's lost cattle, only to be proclaimed ruler of Israel, the first king. And they knew that moment was a blessing, but that moment feels very far away and the people feel far from blessed. And just a little bit before that, Samuel was a young man in the temple hearing the voice of God calling his name, and they saw that as a blessing, but that blessing feels very far away, and the people feel far from blessed. And before Samuel was his mother Hannah praying to God for the safe delivery of a child, and it was seen as a blessing, but that blessing feels very far away, and the people feel far from blessed. As they find themselves in the midst of an uncertain, unsteady world, as they find themselves facing a fearful future, all the the turmoil and the terror of the transition, the people feel far from blessed. And that's when this passage takes place. Because in this passage, we find that the king does something spectacular. David, at this moment, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the fear, David takes all the gifts from those past generations. He takes the gifts from the time of Samuel. He takes the treasures from the time of Saul. He takes all of, all of the finances, all of the, the precious things, all the prized possessions from the heroes and the conquerors of the past. He takes all of the gifts from the past and he entrusts them to the people to bless the future. And in the midst of of uncertainty, in the midst of transition, the king entrusts the people with gifts to bless the future. In the midst of transition, the king entrusts the people with gifts to bless the future. Look around you. All right, y'all that are at home, I can't see you, but you in the sanctuary, I can see you. You're not looking around. Look around you. This is not what we're used to doing when we worship. Those of you who are here in a mostly empty sanctuary wearing masks, those of you who are not here are worshiping on the other end of cell phones and tablets and laptops and computers and television. None of us expected this last October. We are in the midst of transition, And we have absolutely no idea what next month is going to bring, let alone next year. And there is the very real possibility that the years ahead of us will not be better than the years behind us. There's the very real fear that the years ahead of us won't be as good as the years behind us. There's a very real terror that the years ahead are going to be a lot worse than the years behind. We are looking at a future that is uncertain and unsteady. We are looking at a future that is insecure. We are in the midst of transition, and it's terrifying. And in the midst of transition, the king entrusts people with gifts to bless the future. Because again, look around you. We are sitting in a sanctuary we did not build And if you are worshiping from home, this worship is centered here in a sanctuary that we did not build. We are surrounded by light coming through stained glass windows we did not install on property we did not purchase. We are listening to music from an organ for which we did not battle, singing songs we did not compose, reciting creeds we did not write. We have been given gifts from previous generations. They have been handed down to us. We did not earn them. We did not create them. We do not deserve them. And yet they have been entrusted to us. And these gifts that have been entrusted to us are entrusted with a calling that they be used to bless future generations. And this congregation is gifted. Make no mistake about it, this is a blessed congregation. I know very few congregations that have the kind of gifts and blessings and resources that this congregation has. I know very few churches that can even imagine the kind of gifts that this congregation has been entrusted with. The gift of intellect, the gift of person, the gift of resources, the gift of connection, the gift of, of ability and experience, and even the finances. We have been given gifts and those gifts come with a calling. As we look ahead at an uncertain future, it is our responsibility, it is our duty. It is our privilege. It is our opportunity. It is our calling to make sure that the days ahead are not just as good as the days behind. It is our calling to make sure the days ahead are better than the days behind us. It is our calling to use these gifts to maintain God's holy temple. It is our calling to use these gifts to make sure that our children and the children of this neighborhood, the children of this city, the children of this state, the children of this nation, the future great grandchildren children of this world, have a world that is better than the world we live in. It is our calling to use these gifts, to sing our songs, to tell our stories. It is our calling to serve as elders, to serve as deacons, to serve as teachers. It is our calling to take these gifts and employ them, to take these gifts and engage them, to take these gifts and give them, to take these gifts and grow them, to take these gifts and multiply them. It is our calling to use these gifts as a blessing for future generations. We have been blessed. We have been blessed in unimaginable ways, even in the midst of the pain and the heartache and the terror and the fear. We have been given gifts. And as a congregation, we have benefited from the gifts, from the treasures of previous generations. That's why we're here. That's why our congregation has been able to continue virtually all of our ministries in some form, even in the midst of a global pandemic. We may have had to turn day on the lawn to day off the lawn. We may have had to move youth group from inside to outside. We may have had to move club three, four, five to the other side of a screen, but we have been able through the gifts of previous generations to continue our ministry in an uncertain time. And it is our calling to continue to use these gifts. It is our calling to give. It is our calling to, to acknowledge all of the wonderful things God is doing in our midst. It's our calling to see and to say. It's our calling to announce. It's our calling to to point out and to proclaim the good news of the gospel that God loves us no matter what. And to do that, we must use our gifts. We must give of ourselves. We must give of our time. And yes, we must give of our finances. Because previous generations have done so for us. And as I read this passage, I read about Shalometh, suddenly I understand I understand why it's important to read these little verses. I understand why an artist from a century ago would paint a picture of a character like you, of a character like me, who had been entrusted with gifts and who chose to use them to bless the future. And if there is any question in your mind whether that works, if there's any question in your mind if, if it's effective to try and invest our resources to bless future generations, consider the fact that we are reading this story right now. The story of Shalom has come to us over the years and decades and centuries and millennia precisely because they took those treasures and used them to proclaim the good news of the gospel from generation to generation to generation. Friends, we have been blessed, even in the heartache, even in the pain, even in the turmoil, even in the chaos, even in the transition. God has given us gifts, and we are called to use those gifts to bless the future. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be a blessing. Amen.